0: Hey everybody, it's Jim Peterick of the Ides of March, formerly with Survivor and a 38 Special Fame. And you're listening to Michael's Record Collection.
1: Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. This is episode number 111, and I'm your host, Michael Citro. For this episode, I spoke with Survivor founder and the Ides of March frontman Jim Peterick. He's a legendary songwriter, has written with a ton of artists, a ton of big-name artists, has written hit songs. He's a Grammy winner. I mean, this guy is as good as it gets when it comes to songwriting in the rock genre. Of course you know his songs vehicle with the eyes of march the eye of the tiger obviously high on you i can't hold back search is over he wrote heavy metal with sammy hagar he also worked with 38 special he wrote Rockin' into the night hold on loosely caught up in you i mean the guy has been prolific and he has uh, written a lot of fantastic songs that are still played on the radio to this day Jim's Pride of Lions project just put out its seventh album. The new one is called Dream Higher, and it's a fantastic melodic rock album. I can't wait to bring you my interview with him about that. But we also covered a lot of other ground, and I didn't really even scratch the surface of the number of questions that I have for this guy. All right, before we get to the interview with Jim Peterick, I want to remind you to visit michaelsrecordcollection.com. You'll find links there to everything, including my Patreon, where you can find out how to support this independent endeavor for as little as just $2 a month. Would love to have your support. You can also sign up for my free newsletter there. Costs you nothing. Gives you a little bit different slant on the stories we tell each week on this podcast. And all my social media links are there as well, but I'll just tell them to you now. It's at Mike's Records on Twitter and at Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I'd also love to hear from you. So write to me at Collection at gmail.com. All right, with all of that housekeeping out of the way, let's get to that interview with Jim Peterick. Here we go. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very honored to have with me a legendary songwriter, musician, Jim Peterick. You know him from Survivor, The Ides of March. And we're here to talk about his uh, another project of his, Pride of Lions. Jim, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Jim, I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests to start with, and that is, what was your first favorite record?
0: Uh, well, that's, that's pretty easy. Uh, actually, it was a stack of records. Uh, I have two older sisters, and uh, I was like four years old, and we have this RCA Victor, and they used to stack the 45s up. And among that collection was Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, all the greats you know my very first influences and those records would drop down and i would just sit there mesmerized as they went around and that's
1: that was my roots of rock and roll yeah that's uh, the classics right there you can't get any more classic than that i have been enjoying your autobiography through the eye of the tiger i as you can see by the bookmark i didn't quite make it i'm 58 pages shy but uh it's uh it struck me as um, uh, when I was reading this, uh, you know, obviously it's a very thorough uh, dissection of your career and, and your uh, rise to success and that kind of thing. But um, one thing that struck me that I wanted to touch on um, before we get to the Pride of Lions record is that uh, it struck me as very sad that you were your biggest moments of success were so tinged with unhappiness and you know strife in the band when you were with Survivor that just must have been surreal for you to be realizing your dreams at a time when you just kind of didn't feel great about yourself and about the the situation
0: yeah that was a a painful part uh, of survivor i mean survivor was hugely successful and i'm very proud of the success and the songs that i wrote with frankie and songs i wrote on my own and amazing success and great relationships with both our singers Dave Bickler and then the late Jimmy Jameson mm-hmm. but there was an undertone of things that as you read in the book weren't always smooth sailing mm-hmm. and uh it's just part of being with a band Frankie had a, has and had a strong personality so did I there were clashes and um And we got through it and we got through it and and you read in the book that there were times when I was lashing out mentally and had to just kind of keep a lid on it Mm -hmm. for, for the good of the band. I mean, in my own mind, I still wanted to be in front playing guitar, at least most of the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course with Frankie, he wanted to be the one electric guitar player and it was, it was cool. But I was behind the keyboards the whole time and uh, wanting to be part of the front line, like I was with the Ides of March, when you're nurtured with the young Ides, and you're able to be lead singer and guitar player and have all your brothers around. I had to step back for the success of the band survivor.
1: Yeah, it uh, it, it struck me too, like how much of of what was going on in the band you were willing to just swallow for the good of just moving forward and trying to keep harmony as much as you could. I I don't think I could have done that. So I I appreciate, I have appreciation for your, um, you know, your restraint there. You, You mentioned Ides of March. You were able to have a hit record when you were still very young, just out of high school and in college, taking college classes and, and, and you're on the radio that's got to be an unbelievable uh, feeling to hear a song that you wrote and sang and performed on the radio while you're still that young
0: oh oh my god you know i mean larry's sitting here and we can kind of relate to the same feeling of uh, you know cutting the song called well you wouldn't listen was our first hit uh, that was in '66, and that made it to 42 nationally. Uh, number seven in uh, in Chicago. Pardon me. We were in high school, and we were still in high school. And uh, suddenly, all the cheerleaders were talking to us,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, we were kind of local heroes. And and um, and we would do shows. We went down to Florida and played with a band called uh, Well. They became. Uh, Young yeah, Jones. They became the Almond Brothers, but when we played with them, they were the Almond Joys. <laughs> and we we're going; these guys are really good, you know. And we, they opened for us, and you know, Greg Almond on on the keys and and Dwayne on guitar. Anyway, that's where we cut our teeth with a tour, that tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, of course, we added the brass and. Suddenly I heard this riff in my head and ba da ba you know, and um, the rest became history. And we went in studio and in two takes, we, got, we got, the, got the song that went to number one in Cashbox, number two in Billboard in 1970.
2: inside my car I got pictures got candy I'm a lovable man and I can take you to the nearest star I'm your vehicle baby I'll take you anywhere you want to go I'm your vehicle woman by now I'm sure you know that I love you love I ya. need you need I ya. want you got to have you try
0: then we were on the road with the best of the best janice joplin and led zeppelin and and uh everybody we did all these pop festivals with rhinoceros and brownsville station and who am i leaving out big names Um uh, jimmy hendrix, hendrix um uh, incredible
1: that's unbelievable uh yeah everybody knows vehicle obviously uh, just a. Uh, a great classic song from its time period. And and you, here you are, you were probably listening to these guys and now you're out on tour with them. It's gotta be just surreal how quickly that came together for you, but success financially and everything kind of took some time. I had to have you on the show, Jim, because I've had several artists on the show who have referred to you, and I well, I got to get Jim on the show, because I I had Dennis DeYoung on the show. He's talking about his last album that you helped him write, and uh, Leslie Hunt, who said that you were you're a mentor to her. She's a phenomenal artist, but from reading your book and, and talking to these folks, it seems like Chicago is a very tight-knit musical community. It seems like everybody knows everybody. Yeah, we, we really do. And we support each other, too. Um, so,
0: yeah, Leslie, she's a real gem. In fact, she was supposed to be here in an hour, uh, but we moved moved the session. She's going to be on my new um, Jim Peterkin World Stage album. Okay. Oh, and, and I just got off the phone with Dennis. We did a... a, a what do you call it, what the, when you do the yeah, video? A zoom, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're writing a new song for the new uh, Jim Peterkin World Stage album, which uh, I have to ret- I have to turn in on September fifteenth for Frontiers.
1: Okay, well, great. Well, sounds like you're getting a lot done with Frontiers. You got the Dream Higher that just came out on June sixteenth. Before we move on to that, though, I wanted to talk a little bit about Survivor. I wanted to ask you. Do you think that your tensions with Frankie Sullivan led to better creative output in your collaborations? Or do you think that maybe a more harmonious relationship could have could have made Survivor even bigger and better? I think the tension
0: was actually positive. It was a little painful, but he was the guy, as I said in my book, he was so hard to please. Once I got an idea through and he loved it, I felt like the king of the world and here we go and he was a great guitar player if you know that that's his main thing Mm -hmm. and he would come up you know with a riff that would spark the whole lyric and this and that there's definitely a chemistry but as i said sometimes we're oil and water but i think it produced
1: sparks yeah i'm going to ask you about an album that i'm sure you've heard from fans that every single survivor album is somebody's favorite survivor album. I want to talk to you a little bit about one that's coming up on his 40th anniversary and that is caught in the game. <laughs>
2: no.
1: Yeah, man.
0: I haven't thought about that one for a while.
1: A little bit. Um, obviously the the, the video was cheesy, but all videos were cheesy in the day. The, yeah. the, the the survivor um word mark looks a little uh, dated at this point but um at the time i mean it's 40 years ago that we thought that was pretty cool but this was a a time where you you'd had some success obviously with eye of the tiger and you're trying to duplicate that and 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 trying to create a song that or you know an album that is as big as eye of the tiger is not an easy task and of course dave was having some issues with his vocal cords I, i couldn't i couldn't have told you that that was the case from listening but this album was the one that grabbed me it was the one that speaks to me songs like uh, the title track you don't go and I never stop loving you and Santa Ana wins. And I wanted to specifically ask you about Santa Ana wins because it's a little bit different than most of the survivor catalog. And I wondered what, you know, where did you come up with the germ of that? And and what was the, what was the story behind that song?
0: Well, it it was all, all about the the fires in in California. Santa Ana wins was spreading those flames around as they do in California and a lot of other places. And, and yet it's also an analogy to love. Ain't it a lot like love? Uh, the way emotions can sweep your heart and sweep you away like the Santa Ana winds. So it it's, relates to fire, but also relates to love and passion and heartbreak.
1: was Jackie don't go written about somebody specifically no cute name Jackie don't go
0: I, I, I love that it's a really cocky name and <laughs> Jackie no Jackie don't go <laughs> I love that song and and Dave really really nails it and that was a great collaboration between Frankie and I
1: yeah I I just can't I could talk to you for an hour just about that record. <laughs> I think it's such a great record.
0: Was that was that uh, was Never Stop Loving You was that on the, that album too? Yep. Yeah, uh, That was the first of a series of power ballads that culminated every album we had a big power, power ballad and mm-hmm. searches over was probably the most successful of that thread of writing. And that's by that time Jimmy had taken over and just nailed it. Yeah
1: uh when you went in from from that it didn't do as well but vital signs obviously launched you guys back to the to that next level that pinnacle and 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 really that's what i think a lot of people remember other than I of the tigers they remember the search is over and uh can't hold back and those songs uh, those yeah. are those are classics that that people still play today on the on the classic rock stations but um let's get into uh let's get into dream higher this is a great album come came out on frontiers and it's it's the seventh pride of lions album which is interesting because you had seven albums you did with survivor as well <laughs> um what uh, the first album came out pride of lions came out in 2003 what prompted this project and, and how did you come across toby hitchcock
0: wow great question um the Eyes of March were doing the popcorn festival in Valparaiso, Indiana. And there was this young guy in the front row just really watching and, and didn't think much about it. But he came up to, to me afterwards and said, My name's Toby Hitchcock. I'm a singer. I go, Well, good for you, you know, <laughs> that in a quarter. But he said, I said, Well, that's great, you know. And um, you know, we just made small talk. And then uh, my niece, uh, Kelly, calls me and said, you know that geeky guy you um, talk to at the Popcorn Festival? Well, I just did a Dick Clark audition for a show that never aired. But, and I met Toby Hitchcock and Uncle Jimmy, you've got to hear this guy. You know, I said, well, if you say so, Kelly, because My niece, Kelly, she's a singer and she's got great taste. I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you call Toby and get him down to the studio Monday morning. And I got a song that you can sing a duet. It's called No Long Goodbyes and it'll really test his metal, you know, and hear the way you two blend. Well, he comes to the door with Kelly and he looked like a goof. He had these two false teeth on, like buck teeth, <laughs> and I thought they were real. And I, I'm going, poor guy. Gee, I didn't notice that in Valparaiso. And they take some off. So uh, that's that's goofy, goofy Toby. And they stood out there, right in that very room that we're we're adjacent to, and saying no long goodbyes. And they blew me away. And I called Serafino and Mario at uh, at Frontiers. I said, you've got to fly in and hear this kid, this guy. And they flew in and I flew to uh, uh, to Nashville. We met at a studio. And uh, there's there's Mario and there's, there's Serafino. And I bring in Toby and Serafino goes, Jim, he's just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but that baby can sing. And we
1: auditioned live as a duet and they signed us immediately nice yeah he, he absolutely can sing this is a guy who he would have fit right in with the survivor sound back in the day i mean he he's right in that same sort of area between jimmy and dave i think it's
2: driving me mad i got you on my mind and there's just no so we can't back down who knows where we will be tomorrow
1: the he and you what i like about pride of lions you like to do a lot of um sometimes you overlap vocals sometimes you trade lines and and then those are the harmonies and that is kind of i think what you had envisioned with survivor wasn't it was was more dual singing this is
0: survivor reincarnated the original concept Mm -hmm. you know if you listen to the very first survivor album i do quite a bit of singing on that and um duets with Mm -hmm. like um whatever it takes me and dave or dave and i are are trading off and then i just kind of uh, got pushed back to the keyboards and very happy as a songwriter because really that's, you know, the bread and butter for me
1: anyways is songwriting. But I always missed the co-singing. Yeah. I think that um, more bands should probably do that. I, I don't, I think that music fans like that. I think it's cool. I think it gives a different flavor. It brings a new energy. And I think that a lot of bands miss the boat by not not doing that, especially bands that you know, there are multiple singers that sing lead vocals. There's not enough trading back and forth. I think that really brings something new and, and special to a song.
0: I, I totally agree, Michael. And, and case in point, uh sunshine, your love cream. And I used to love to hear the differences in the tonalities between Eric Clapton and, and um, Jack Bruce. They were, I, I love the
1: like two different uh, kinds of wine, you know, wonderful. Yeah, for sure. So this, uh, 10 songs on this one. Uh you've got uh, yourself, Jim Peterick, lead and background vocals, keyboards and guitar, Toby Hitchcock lead and background vocals. You've got Ed Breckenfeld on drums and percussion, uh Mike Aquino and hope that's uh, Aquino, that right. but, but yeah, you know, lead in power guitar, Bob lizik on bass, Christian Cullen on keyboards and orchestration. Did you go into this album with any any sort of a a, a theme that you wanted to 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 get out there or a style of, of um, music or something that was on your mind, uh, like maybe a, some kind of, uh, I don't even know what, I don't even know the words because I'm not a musician like you, but uh, uh, did you come into this with something that you wanted to accomplish or did you come into this fresh and just start writing?
0: Well, it usually starts with one song that kind of sets the bar and the template and it's Dream Higher.
2: events that they are. She told me that pain only sharpens the blade that cuts through the chunk of it.
0: which became the, the title track. And it's it's very much my kind of life force. It's dream higher, dream bigger, uh, keep going, and always try to top yourself. And so that with that as a template, all the songs, except for one song, are very, very positive. And through it all, I kept on fighting and renegade hard. It's, it's very thematic. Uh, And the exception of that is Everything to Live For, Mm -hmm. which is one of the few melancholy songs uh, I've written and recorded in a long, long time, maybe ever. It was about a suicide of not a friend, but an acquaintance uh, who took her life. And uh, I'm going, what the hell? You know, Mm -hmm. someone apparently happy with everything to live for said the last goodbye. Yeah. And a very unusual, I almost left it off the album, but it turns out to be a a lot of people uh, could really relate to it or knew someone in this condition.
1: a note to ask you about that to ask you who that was about because uh it does stand out in in that respect and it it does feel like a very personal song
0: it it is i didn't really we weren't friends but we're friends of friends who could not understand why this woman took her own life
1: Hmm. yeah that's a tough subject matter i gravitated to the title track i think that was my favorite Um, And also one of the ones that I I really think is pretty cool is driving and dreaming. The one, the way you, you guys trade off vocals and it's, it's very road trippy. uh, Yeah. Lyrically. Did you get the inspiration from that from driving? Uh,
0: I I did, but I got the title uh, and concept from Steve Salzman, who I've collaborated with through the years. He was in a band called John blonde uh, when he was like 18 The Ides of March played his high school, and we became friends. And um, he would always be the guy sending me poems that or titles. And he sent me this one title, Driving and Dreaming of You. And boom, I wrote the song. And that's why his name is next to mine on that song. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another co-write is Another Life, which I wrote with a a gentleman named David Fink, uh, who owned a club called the Acorn, the acorn is still there, but he sold it. It's in Three Oaks, Michigan. And uh, he sent me this poem. There's another life in me somewhere beyond the one that you can see. He was just a- out of a, a of a relationship and he knew that there was something out there for him, another love, and that's what inspired this song. He
2: wakes up to look in the mirror Too empty, staring His life is a far cry from all he planned How did his dream slip through his hands?
0: No time to go through the motions The nice guy just living to please His
2: future is pounding inside his head
1: Jim, when someone brings this record home or CD listens to it streaming, however, and they listen to it start to finish, what do you kind of hope that they take away from that listening experience? Is there some, some feeling you'd like to leave them with?
0: Well, always, you know, um, as I said, I, I tend to be a very positive person. Uh, You know, the the cup is always half full and um, I'd like them to take home hope really uh if you if you're looking for love you'll find it you know there's always hope around the corner and if you're if you have goals you can achieve them it sounds very naive but
1: i I truly believe that and that's what i'd like them to take home i gotta ask you about the jimmy bar (laughs) (laughs) how did you get involved with the jimmy bar
0: well it's a huge success story because the eye of the Tiger Bar is their number one seller. And actually the Jimmy is not me. Jimmy is Jimmy Simon who owns the company, but everybody assumes it's me, but I, yeah. I spell it J I M M I E, but I did create the eye of the tiger bar. And I remember, uh, they would, uh, I would go to the factory with my wife, Karen, <laughs> and we'd sample all these bars and all formulas. And we were very instrumental in the formulation of that bar. And, uh, and it became very popular. And uh I'm very proud of that.
1: Yeah. I I wanted to order one, but there wasn't there weren't any in stock. <laughs>
0: yeah, they they uh,
1: they've been selling out and it's been really crazy. <laughs> so
0: um uh, I'm very, very happy about
1: that. All right, one more topic before we go. I wanted to ask you about 38 special. Obviously, you you wrote rocking into the night, and I've the Survivor version is out there on uh, on your one of your compilations there, but this is a song that was I mean even even with what our with with what Thirty Eight Special did with that song, and just the way they sing, they're a little more southern oriented, but it's not a huge difference between the two versions. But this uh, this was a song that your producer at the time didn't feel fit in with the rest of the songs that you had. Mm. Yeah, Ron Nevison. It was a kind of a mystery to me why he didn't feel that one
0: fit us, and. Um, and just about you know, when he decided it wouldn't go on the album, John Kalander came in and said, he's got this real nasal, nasal voice. He's the guy with the long Hasidic beard and the, anyway, so he walks in. Oh, he, he was dressed in a wedding dress in the pump video. That's, that's John Kalander. And uh, he goes, John, uh, Ron, can I have a copy of that song? And Ron goes, yeah, made him a cassette. Next thing you know, it's on the radio, but not by Survivor, by 38 Special. And um, we're actually in the car, Frankie and I, and we're going down to a video shoot, and, and Frankie, goes, what the hell is that? You know, I go, <laughs> damn if I know. Anyway, found out that Kalandra gave it to Ryan uh Nevison. Uh, 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 c- 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 Nevison gave it to Kaladner. Kaladner gave it to 38 Special and the rest is 38 history. But they did a great job on it. Got some of the words wrong, but that's
1: okay. And you've become friends with those guys and you've collaborated on other big hit songs for them.
0: Oh, yeah. There's Don and Don, uh, Don Bars and Jeff Carlisi, still two of my dearest friends, even though Jeff's uh, no longer with the band. We're all still friends together. And, uh, I love those guys.
1: Yeah. So you did, um, you did hold on loosely. Um, Caught uh, up in you. We Caught up in you was the other big one that you did with them. Fantasy uh, girl. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic stuff. Uh, just it, it struck me as odd that that Frankie would have a problem with you collaborating with Thirty Eight Special when you were. It's not like you weren't turning in, you know, material for the band.
0: Well, right. I think he really wanted to keep my writing insular to Survivor, but. I really liked collaborating and it it caused some friction between Frankie and I, but at a point I stepped back and I, and I stopped co-writing with 38 special. Uh, so, but then, you know, you know, I started writing with other people, you know, it's just like, you really can't, I love collaboration is the bottom line Mm -hmm. because you always get something different.
1: Sure. Uh, you have, uh, you mentioned the world stage uh, record that you've been working on uh, what else is coming up for jim peterick
0: well uh the new uh, world stage record which is very much uh, on my mind it's going to be called roots and shoots and the roots are collaborations with aria speedwagon and don Barnes, and uh kelly kagi and uh so many different classic artists so what i'm writing or co-writing with And the shoots are young artists or new artists that I've discovered, a female and male, and also collaborating with or writing specific songs for them that I feel fit their style. So Roots and Shoots, Um, and probably I have to turn it in on September 15th on Frontiers. I'm I'm guessing it'll probably come out early uh, 2024.
1: Will there be um, some live world stage performances?
0: Yeah, you know we were supposed to go to, to Italy in uh, October, but that got moved back by Frontiers to next year, and uh, we're hoping to create dates around that uh, around Italy in different countries. Mm. So so far, nothing, uh, no parental lines in America planned yet.
1: Yeah. All right, and you're still doing.
0: Uh, Still doing some shows with Ides of March. A lot of shows with the Ides of March. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've got a, a couple of exciting ones coming up. I uh, On a little different note, I just got back from the, uh, Ottawa where I got a great uh, honor uh, as a Czech American who broke through. And uh, they gave me a wonderful um, honor. I did a little concert in Ottawa uh, for the Czech community. And um I'm still, I just got back from that, and that, that was a really very rewarding.
1: Yeah, well, congratulations on that. That's, uh, that's awesome. Peter you can uh, check out his website. Uh, you're going to get pride of lions. It's already available. You can get that on the frontier shop. You can probably get it on Amazon as well. Uh, is there any place where they can get your material that helps you more than getting it from Amazon?
0: Um, you know, it all comes, it all funnels to me. Uh, but at shows, you know, we make the most money at shows live merchandise, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, that keeps the ads of March going. And, it's really rewarding to see people grabbing and vinyl, and we're signing stuff after the shows. And it's still exciting live shows.
1: Yeah, uh, this has been a big treat for me, Jim. I had uh, I had never got to see Survivor at their height of their power. I had tickets to see you guys open for Ario Speedwagon in Columbus, Ohio, in the late '80s. But that for some, I don't know why Survivor canceled, and we ended up getting Cheap Trick as an opener instead.
0: Well, a good substitute, but I I can't say why we we had to cancel. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm good friends with Rick Nielsen, of course,
1: and um, yeah, I love those guys. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to see Cheap Trick tomorrow night.
0: All right, say hi to Rick, Ricky. Uh,
1: <laughs> I will. I will. If I get that close, I will do that. That's uh, all right. Water, Florida. So, Jim Peter, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I wish you nothing but the best. This Pride of Lions record, it's fantastic. It is. If you like survivor this is uh is like sort of like to me survivor crossed with toto maybe a little bit and uh it's all really good melodic rock and and uh it's good to see that you're still putting out fantastic music
0: well it's been a pleasure talking you're a great uh you're a great interviewer and um keep the eye of the tiger <laughs>